Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm David Van Pepper. And we have our special guest with us already on the uh, in our meeting anyway. Will Hoffman is with us today. How are you doing? How is, uh, uh, how is it up there? Uh, I guess, actually, it's down there in Missouri. I found out that... And uh, whenever we say in Missouri, down there, and it's so we say we like say I came from Springfield and I said I went down to St. Louis. You're thinking, no, you went up to St. Louis. Actually, you're going downhill because you're going toward a river. That's oh, well, th- and that that helps <laughs> me out a lot because I say that you know I've, I'm going to go down over there, uh, yeah. but I guess if I'm going to Springfield, I guess I got to go up. Yeah, you're going to go up to Springfield, you know. So yeah, kind of interesting. I, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, my wife gave me a really hard time about saying that when we moved out to Utah, because I'd always say, well, hey, I'm going to, you know, we're going to go out to Utah or go down to Utah or something like that. And she's like, it's actually kind of over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just kind of go over over. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, whatever it is, how's everything going where you're at? Uh, it is good. It's been a bit windy today, but the weather's been beautiful and I've you know, it's we're at that time where you can open up the the windows and just have a nice day of relaxing. Uh, I wore a flannel to church yesterday, so mm. we are we were ready for that season, and I'm all for that season. <laughs> already, already. Well, that's awesome to hear, man. So yes, uh, for everybody that uh, isn't in the know, Will is our Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network president. So we've got uh, you know Missouri Baptist Apologetics apologetics network royalty with us on the show right now he is the mr president and uh, he does a lot of work behind the scenes that nobody sees um but will uh, also uh, you've seen him on our show before we consider him one of our tag you fellows so um he's back so uh, really today is kind of like a tag you but it's mostly to talk about uh, missouri baptist apologetics network things and, and you so, certainly yeah. keep on your resume that you're a tag fellow right i mean that's a high please piece on there, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and I well, I have to be honest, I haven't really updated my resume in quite a while. Uh, so there's still a picture <laughs> of my kids um, as like, you know, I think two and like 18 uh-huh. months or something, um, and no beard. I had no beard in it. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. So young. Yeah, You're so I young. Do, yeah, I do have under the special interest, you know, the Taggart Fellow, and then El Presidente. <laughs> so I, I try to represent everything that I do. Um, and I always saw there was a there was a Japanese businessman that had so many titles that it took up his entire business card. So <laughs> I, I hope to one day have that. It's yeah. A bunch of stuff going in. So well, yes. give us a little update on what you're currently working on, some projects that you've been involved in uh, since we've last talked. It was about a year ago, actually, a little over a year ago that we actually had you on the program, if I remember correctly. So just give us an update on what's been going on in your life and in your ministry, and we'd love to hear about those things. Well, I mean, um, this year, as the same as last year, I I think really starting at the the Missouri Baptist meeting uh, last year, I've just been in an overdrive, really. 
um, with with my ministry here in uh, Mid Missouri, uh, the church I pastor. Uh, we got a lot of things. We got a building project getting ready to to take off the ground. So that's always a really time consuming operation. Uh, trying to build a gym onto our existing church, and got that going on. I got the being part of the Missouri Baptist, uh, well, the the president of the Apologetics Network, trying to get new projects going on, trying to get new people involved with it, trying to get our people into churches, um, and also being able to represent that on the Missouri Baptist Convention Executive Board as well. So, you know, with all of that stuff, it there's a lot of things going on, and it just makes, and I got to, I'm teaching my 15-year-old how to drive. So, <laughs> The most I got difficult all of, that going of all on. those things. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a little yeah. bit of everything where you sit there and you go, okay, I'm going to wait for this month to take a break. Um, and and that was starting in you know September for me where I was like, okay, I'm going to be able to breathe a little bit easier in September. And then I got COVID. So uh, mm. it, it was like, all right, I have to take about four days and just do nothing. But now I'm playing catch up, getting back onto everything. And we got the the NBC annual meeting coming up uh, just in a few weeks. I think we're like, what, six weeks or something like that. Um, and that is a more than busy time for for me uh again being on the executive board uh being on all the committees that i'm a part of and then having our meeting and our debate taking place on sunday night yeah um which is very exciting because everyone that i've talked to about it first they'll say wait there's four views <laughs> and then, then usually I'll hear the one person in the church going, well, which one's going to take the biblical view? Ah, and say, well, the resolve, think, right? Yeah. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going, well, I'm pretty sure they're all taking their, the biblical view, you know, um, just how it happens, you know, we're, we're going there. And, and I think that is such a great debate because we have, you know, we have people who, who have different points of view that can explain it that at the end of the day we're we're all going to have the finger foods and the the drinks and we're going to laugh we're going to shake hands and no one is going to feel like well i got to stone that guy to death because he's a heretic mm -hmm. um and and it's a great in-house debate it is a great way to say hey come see what we're doing um everybody likes to debate this topic are listened to it are even to the point of saying, well, you know what? I don't, I don't understand Adam's view all that well. So I'm hoping Most to definitely. learn about it. <laughs> well, and, and for me personally, that that's where I'm at is like yeah. with all the studying that I've done on it and personal things I've had issues with, uh, in my ministry, dealing with people telling me what I needed to believe and how, you know, things were going to happen. I kind of check myself out of, you know, arguing the, the, the end times, you know, yeah. how's it going to happen? Am I on millennial? Am I a historical, uh, in my post? Am I, you know, I'm, I'll just let y'all now know. Now I'm not a pre-trib rapture guy. Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> you have that, um, you know, but it gives us a time where we can come and even learn Hey, what what is the the 
the post view. Uh, yeah. You know, don't only like, you know, Presbyterians believe that. <laughs> you know? well, yeah. One of the things that I think is a major advantage in this is that many pastors and God, God bless them will have adopted a view early on in their ministry. Uh, and they will have kind of hammered down on that. And when they do deal with text, they're only viewing that text through their um, eschatological lens. And yeah. so a lot of times in a church, you won't get multiple views because uh, you will be uh, maybe concerned about stepping on someone's toes or offending someone because they have a deeply entrenched view. This is the only way it is. And this sets up a, a really great opportunity to have that type of dialogue. Yeah. Which then kind of leads us into this other component. Uh, obviously, we're doing the debate. That's a big deal. The meeting is a big deal. I mean, we had like 100 people at the debate last year. So a pretty full room. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a fuller room this year. That'll be really exciting. I'll get to co-moderate that with you. I'm looking forward to that quite a bit. Never co-moderated a debate with you, Will. So uh, that'll be fun. The and I'll be thing- debating without Dave because of that. usually you get the whole package of the tag you're it thing going on but yeah Yeah, only half of it man they'll miss out on it this year (laughs) hopefully no one will accuse me of like favoring adam because of this but i mean for for real gabe was one of my students so you know and i've known dennis longer than i've known adam so there's also that component uh colton i guess uh i guess i've talked to him on the phone a few times but i've never had him as a student uh (laughs) <laughs> well, and these these are all guys um, who who can present a topic that you know maybe they don't even hold to, but they've mm-hmm. studied it enough where they can present it from that side. And I think that's a big uh, bonus when you're doing apologetic work is actually being able to argue the side you don't necessarily agree with. And and I think that's just a good debate uh, debate thing, or even just, you know, if you're wanting to to know anything, uh, whatever topic it is, even if it's you want to jump into the political spectrum, be able to argue the other side and and take their position and say, hey, I'm going to present this as if I'm for it, because you know what? When you do that, then you can say. I know how to actually argue against it. Mm. Um, and I think that's a huge bonus whenever you do apologetic work. If you want to go out mm-hmm. and learn about Mormonism, you probably shouldn't just read what you know some of the key authors, you know, Christian authors wrote about it. But what you should do is you should read the Mormon teachings. You should read, you know, books by Mormon authors and even arguments on, you know, their apologists. And mm-hmm. Think, you know, and and get that concept in your head and say, okay, let's say I'm going to be a Mormon today. I have to be able to argue this point. Why why was Joseph Smith correct? You know, and be able to even, and I think that's why the network is good because I know that I can call one of you all and say, I'm going to, I'm going to throw some arguments at you. Come back at me, Mm -hmm. you know, because Mm -hmm. first we're going to strengthen each other. The whole iron sharpens iron. You know, I could I could sit there and easily say, well, hey, you, you know why Joseph Smith was right on all of this? Well, hey, you got to go by faith, right? I mean, how many times do we yeah. say that in our church? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we are we are going on faith. We are walking by faith. Well, hey, I mean, you got a ton of Mormons who are walking by faith. Yeah. Aren't so they right? The difference. Yeah. 
So then you got to mm-hmm. dig in deeper and understand all the nooks and crannies of these religions and things. And, you know, and, and that's why when you have a group of guys going, Hey, we're going to discuss, you know, end times theology. Um, I may not necessarily agree with this one, but I know I can argue it mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll take that position. So you sit there and you lay it out and somebody's going to go, man, I didn't know that you were a, a pre-trib rapture guy. Well, I'm not. You know, I've just been taught it. You know, I watched Left Behind, so I know what it is. Uh, Kurt Cameron taught it to me uh, in the movie, not the Nicolas Cage. That was an and yeah, Kurt Cameron's now on my side. <laughs> we got awesome. to go with the classic, right? <laughs> um, but when you when you're able to do that, um, it makes you a stronger apologist. It makes you a stronger debater. Mm-hmm. To- well, it just goes into this the the same idea in the. Uh, answer don't answer approach in uh presuppositional or covenantal apologetics where you just get you have to get you have to drive their car mm-hmm. take them where where that leads you keep them consistent with what they believe and you show them where they go then you bring them into your car and then go the go that direction you know and oh, so yeah. whenever we're in this more inter you know like we're we're in-house here <clears throat> we probably have the same presuppositions and we have to expose where we don't have the same presuppositions and they're contrary to scripture that, but that's the same same methodology. Getting you know, drive their car, go to their conclusions. Have them come in your car, go to your conclusions. So I mean, that's we're we're just doing the same thing, just a, a little closer, um, because the presuppositions and the uh, v- validation for those are coming from the same place. So. So, Will, the debate is great. Uh, The neat thing has been the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network has had a booth at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting now since 2018. That's when they started doing a booth. Uh, They produced at that time in 2018 that great book, Show Me Why. Adam Mm -hmm. had an article in that. You had an article in that. I had an article in that. Now again, Mm -hmm. here in 2022, a new piece is being published by the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. What's the name of that piece? And tell us just a little bit about that. Oh, I got it right here. Actually, yes. uh, So what happened was when when we actually I I was I was in New Orleans um, getting ready to get on a cruise ship. Um, gonna sail down the Mississippi, and I thought to myself, and and we've had these conversations before. Uh, what what can we put out? We after what the third year of handing out the same book, pretty much everybody goes, okay, I I have this. Book. Four years, four years, four years. <laughs> um, and I and I understand making it as an author when you go into a used Christian bookstore and you find that book, um, and you go, okay, we need something new. We, we need something to uh, produce, something to get in hands, and not just, you know, here's a sheet of paper, here's, you know, a trinket you're going to take, here's some mints, you know, that stuff. Mm-hmm. And what we started doing last year, too, was allowing uh, our network members to, um, and, and we've always kind of done this, but we really ramped it up last year, was to allow our network members to actually bring in their published material and hand it out. So you you had stands of uh, little flyers and things that they could you know hand out, give to people, talk to people. It gave it something better to just say, well, hey, here's a book that you've probably gotten three copies of already. <laughs> um, so I I got with Rob and I said, hey, let's let's produce something. 
uh, first doing another book was out of the question. Um, not that we don't have the the opportunity to do it, but trying to get so many authors involved again was it was it was a hard task to do. Yeah. Um, a lot of back and forth with our editor and uh, a lot of, you know, pastors and and theologians like us, we don't like to change things and we think all of our stuff has to be exactly the way it says it. And well, I mean, we're not editors. Uh, I'll just, I'll put it like that and uh, move <laughs> on. Uh, but there was, a, there was a lot of emails going back and forth of like, we, we need this to look good. And with so many authors, I forget how many we had in that. Though. It, was it was like, like 12, 13, 12 or 13. Yeah, 12 or 13. Yeah. Um, it just got a little hectic. Um, so talking to Rob and uh, Rob Phillips and trying to find a way to get our, our articles into people's hands uh, and looking good too. I said, what about doing like an academic type journal, you know, where we can start out with like four, four or five contributors and we will put an article and have a theme kind of set up and we'll just we'll release this so that you know when the pastors get it it's not just hey here's the little flyer for all of our network members but it's actually something that they're going to grab they're going to read we have um four authors this time um and we we got jonathan hayashi we got uh chris bass um um uh, drawing blank here and it's right in front of me. I could just look at it. Um, <laughs> open it up. Come on. Open, Uncle, yeah. Open it come up. on, Uncle Will. Tell us a story. <laughs> Hannah, <laughs> Hannah, yeah, Hannah Sims and uh, Roger uh, uh, Shear mm -hmm. have all written things to to say why is apologetics needed in the church today? Because let's be honest, a lot of people kind of look at apologetics as, well, you're the guys that just like to argue. Well, and and then one of the the terms I hate hearing the most is apologetics has never saved anybody. Have you heard that? I've heard people say, "Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah." This is because I, just and that, I mean that's exactly why I wrote uh, what I wrote in the uh, Show Me Why, you know. And so this is why we yeah. continue to need to write sort of the same thing in different ways and get it to different people year to year at the convention. New pastors come in. Um, whatever, you know, they're going to still say the same thing. You can't argue anybody into heaven. It's like, I understand that. But whenever, if you have a false view of what apologetics is, so you need to be taught what is apologetics and mm -hmm. what is our, you know, why are we doing apologetics or well, sanctifying Christ as Lord in our hearts, right? The same authoritative Lord over heaven and earth that told us to go and make disciples. So it's a part of evangelism. And unfortunately we've had that dichotomy, but there is a famous apologist that has made that dichotomy and made that dichotomy clear. So, you know, there is, um, you know, there, there is a reason, but you know, here in Missouri, you're right. You're, you're saying that here in Missouri, we are trying to make sure that that dichotomy between the proclamation and the defense, you know, that there is no dichotomy there that you can put them together, keep them distinct, but yeah. we're supposed to be, doing it well and and the thing that i i always try to tell people is that when when you sit there and you go up to somebody and you say hey can i can i talk to you and you get into a gospel conversation pretty much i would i would say probably nine times out of ten 
that person is going to give you their either misguided or their you know their wrong version of god uh whatever mm -hmm. it is if they maybe they don't even believe in god well you then you first have to break down and and discuss those those apologetic issues of well who god is and you're explaining this stuff and you're correcting their wrong views of of what they think god is maybe they are uh, you know, again, Jehovah's Witness, maybe they're Scientologists, maybe they're, you know, Mormon or something like that. They're coming to the table with this this misguided view, to, view of God. You have to correct that. What is that? That's apologetics. Mm -hmm. So even before you can get to evangelism, if you want to say, well, it's only evangelism that saves people, before you can even get to evangelism, you have to go through an apologetic method to get them onto the right track of who God is. So why is apologetics needed in our church today? Because there are a lot, a lot of misguided views about who God is. Um, so you talked about Hannah Sims, Jonathan mm -hmm. Hayashi, Roger Shearer, and Chris Bass. Yeah. Why those authors, and without tipping your hand too much, what are their articles about? If you could give me a brief summary. I'm, I imagine you write it. You get to write like either an intro or an outro to this, right? I, I did write a a message. It's the message from the the Missouri Baptist Apologetic Network president, mm. nice. which I I, I kind of threw together really last minute because I would I I forgot that I was supposed <laughs> to write it. So when I was getting all the articles together, uh, Rob goes, "Hey, we need your intro," and I'm like, "Oh, give me like." <laughs> 45 minutes and I, I sat down and did it. But um, the the articles and the people that we we got and I thought I thought, first of all, you know, kind of kind of toot the horn a little bit, kind of need a big name. Jonathan Hayashi. Let's let's go with Jonathan. And and he talks about one of the things I think that we might have all actually heard this uh, article being preached really fastly at a workshop we did um but it's god's effectual call um mm. so we all know where that one's going and we're all yep. going you go for it john you know <laughs> you get it um but i also wanted to make sure that we got every spectrum of people that we know come by the booth so mm. so who yeah. come by the booth we got pastors we got laymen we got pastors wives um, we have this whole dynamic of people that will come by the booth. So I wanted like subject matters that was going to grab their eyes. So for like, uh, Chris Bass, one of his key things that he does is like family worship. So mm -hmm. what is he going to talk about? What did he write about? It's apologetics and family worship. Good. Yep. So you're going to, you're going to have probably a dad trying to figure out how the best way to do family worship is, and, you know, maybe you'll have a new Christian, you know, all excited about being being a Missouri Baptist. So he goes to his first Missouri Baptist apologetic meeting, trying to figure out how how he can sit down with his family and do worship. Well, here you go. And you can also hit the ladies with that one. The wives coming by and they're wanting to, you know, help their children. That's one of the reasons I, I picked Hannah to to write this was because mm -hmm. she works with apologetics for young kids in church. So, you know, hers is, is apologetics needed for the church. She just she took it and she ran with the title. She was like, I'm going awesome. there. Um, mm -hmm. 
but you know that her views are going to be coming more for not just teaching apologetics to teenagers and and to the higher college age kids that might see it in the colleges and stuff like that but how do you start young how do you start you know in children's church this concept of teaching people what is right about god and and hannah's perfect with that one roger i picked because his testimony was so interesting mm -hmm. that I said, I need, and he was our newest network member at the time. Um, and I was like, I just need to have him write something. I need to have him, um, need to have something of what he does, because if you get a chance to talk to Roger and I, uh, you've had him on the show, right? We have, yeah. We had him on early in the year. Actually, he was one of our, We've, it's funny, we've had three of those four people on the podcast this year, Hannah, Roger, and Chris, talking about similar things. I mean, literally, we had Roger on talking about his testimony, uh, which oh, yeah. is really outstanding. Hannah came on and talked about children and apologetics. And, of course, Dr. Bass came on and talked about uh, family worship and apologetics. It was really and those were those were killer killer times uh with with the m band so you know it's 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 wonderful though hopefully you know through that talking anyway we can expand the network just because it's like hey we you can see this in print you can go out here um you can you know download a podcast of me uh expanding on some of these things that don't get in the article so you know it does end up carrying the whole ministry of all the apologists and what they do um and then here's just a sampling of it in this journal so that's i'm glad that you've done that that sounds wonderfully amazing you put a lot of thought into it and the intentional thought and so again uh, just uh, for you missouri baptists um listening to this you know you the cool thing is we have intentionality um we have thought being put into this so it's actually uh, hopefully m band becomes some sort of entity that is 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 worth something to the baptists uh, the missouri baptist and 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 to continue on into the future um as long as the missouri baptist live then we'll have this entity that is intentionally thinking of you um to equip you for these things you know pastors and people in the pews you know it's everybody needs the gospel everybody needs apologetics so again thank you i just want to say thank you for all the it sounds all the in, intentionality in all of this yeah, well, I, I really appreciate your work on this. And I think it's, it's very interesting, you know, um, just as a whole, knowing that actually the three of us have been a part of the network for quite a few years in comparison to some of the other newer members. Over the last few years, one of the things that I've really seen is a, a greater hunger in um, Gen X through our Gen Z type of students and people in desiring a greater and robust defense of the Christian faith. And and I think that it is something that the Missouri Baptists have been ahead of, uh, but we've seen numerous institutions actually create apologetics degrees over the last few years since the network has begun. There's beginning to see, there is beginning to be a, a greater understanding of the need for that, which then kind of moves, moves me at least in my thought into some of your goals. You know, this is your second term as president of the MBAN. Uh, what are some of the long range plans? I mean, is this part of something that they're going to be doing regularly? Um, what are some of the projects that we have kind of going forward in the network? the direction that you'd like to see it take as you meet with Gabe and meet with Rob about where the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network might move forward to in the future. Well, I'm and I'm glad you asked that because uh, this 
in in all reality, this is a test run. Um, this journal that that we put out um, and has our directory in it, ha, you know, has these articles, four articles by four great authors. It is a test run of saying, I would like to do this every year. Um, and one of the the things that we have been working with, uh, me, Rob, uh, Tony Bowes, uh, at the NBC office is actually taking our network website and making it more um, more user friendly, actually for for the members to actually produce their their work on there. Uh, not just uh, their articles, but the podcast they've been on, uh, different, uh, you know, videos and things like that. It, if you have that that link or something like that, we can get that, you know, on the website. And we always tell the network members that the network uh, page that you can go to the the NBC website um, and find it under apologetics, but extinct. In all reality, that that is becoming our own separate, you know, web page, so that we can produce uh, more articles. You know, we want. I would love to have it in a way where you go on there and on the front page, you just have list of articles uh, every year uh, from our network members that are just able to submit them, put them up there, and then at at the end of the year or getting close to the time for, you know, this is a process that we started. Um, I think I reached out to Rob, I think it was about February or something like that, where we started this process of finding, uh, finding the people and saying, Hey, we want you to write an article. This is how long it needs to be. This is the subject matter. Uh, let's do that. And then we need it by this date so that we can get it to the publisher and and then get it and uh, i think it came in uh, just a couple weeks ago because i actually got it at the the executive board meeting and it came in the friday before that meeting but the plan is to say hey all these articles that we have on our website from our network members that can can get them on there and eventually uh hopefully i would say probably within by the end of the year, we'll actually have the access to put those on ourselves um, onto the website. Is at you know February next year, we have a handful of articles from say ten of our authors, and then we're putting out a a thicker uh, academic journal. You mm -hmm. know, you, we always get these academic journals from the colleges, the from seminaries, and you know, usually they come out annually or quarterly, things like that. And, you know, as pastors, we like those. We like grabbing them. We like reading through them. We like taking notes. We like expanding our knowledge. And our network members have a ton of knowledge that is able to uh, be put into a, you know, a, a, a good looking uh, handout that we can give. Mm -hmm. Um and what's to say that next year we don't have a a four, uh, just four of the say ten articles being uh, debate recaps from you know our our debate coming up, mm -hmm. you know let's have articles on why why should you pick this why should we go with this what what is the thought process of this standpoint and doing that every year 
and having something new every year to get into the hands of Missouri Baptists as they as they walk by our booth, because that's what we want to do is we want to get this information in their hands. Um, and I mean, if if you're like me, like I'm always going around trying to. And I've Dave, I saw you with the coffee mug. I know where you got that coffee mug. That's right. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. uh, coffee mug. <laughs> yeah, I have the exact same coffee mug. I'm wearing my my Midwestern shirt that we all got at the annual meeting. You know, we go around and we get our backpack. Unless you're me, you right. get to get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll say I get like five different emails at this point about jumping into the doctoral program at Midwestern because of the <laughs> amount of shirts I get. Um, you know, and I got. You should SMU. be a doctor by now just because you got them. I should, right. yeah. And, you know, and I joke with them all the time that, you know, I'm probably not going to. Uh, actually start classes anytime soon and well that actually kind of changed too so but that's that's another story for another time uh but as you know we like to grab those things we like to grab books we like to grab everything that we can because we're pastors and you know if you want to make the joke we're cheap or we just like freebies yes 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 yes, yes you do. we do um so we want to make sure that we have a good quality product in their hand that gives them great information, that gives them information about apologetics, that gives them information about the members, that when they take it home, it is sitting on their desk. They can flip through it. You know, Maybe they're wanting to uh, – they have an issue with uh, trying to teach some kids about, you know, about God. How do I do that? Well, wait, I have this article uh, by this girl and well, hey, here's her number in the back of it and I can email her or I can I can send that out or hey, family worship. Where do I where do I go for that? Well, here we go. It's right here. Uh, and then again, you look and say, oh, hey, Jonathan Hayashi, I know that name. Let's read what he has to say. And then everybody becomes reformed and we're all happy. <laughs> I have no problem throwing that out there. You know, I love it. I love it. That's fine. We're the tag year at podcast. So, I mean, there's no way of getting around it. <laughs> so yeah, that that's awesome. So, you know, I don't know if this would be an awesome long range. I mean, this would be a, the, the post mill side of goals for um, the Missouri Baptist network anyway, or apologetics network, but you know, how, what would it take for us to get to be an entity that would have to be discussed on the floor? Oh Yeah. This has been a a goal of mine, and I don't know. Okay. I'll be honest; I don't know if I'll see it in my presidency, um, but it's been something I've been pushing towards. Uh, and and the conversations have been real. The conversations have been long. Um, unfortunately, I'll say they have also been not, you know, as light at the end of the tunnel, pleasing as I like, uh, because. We have to, unfortunately, again, apologetics has kind of had that mindset of, well, the reason we said why is apologetics needed for the church? Unfortunately, a lot of people don't think it's needed anymore. Mm. Uh, again, yeah. we, we're just the guys and gals that like to argue with people. Mm. Um, so the battle is, you know, again, we get it into their hands because they need to know it's needed. And when you sit there and you think about all the booths that you see uh, and the big booths, we know the big ones that are there, the church planning, yeah. the, the, the replanting because the health of their churches and, and all of that. We see the, the collegiate ministry 
they're always doing the fun fun stuff and you know always got games out and things like that um we need to get it into people's everyday conversation i mean mm-hmm. when you think of church planning i mean you know it's funny i think last year was the the best year for t-shirts uh, <laughs> because my, you know, and they're very comfortable. Um, one of the things I talked with Dr. Matz about just, uh, the other week was, um, I, I can always, they can always count on me probably weekly to pray for Hannibal LaGrange because they have some of the best t-shirts, uh, the most comfortable ones. And I usually wear a Hannibal LaGrange t-shirt at least once a week. Uh, it is one of my m- most comfortable t-shirts and I'm always wearing it. It, mm-hmm. it will be that T-shirt that when it falls apart, I will be sad. Um, so I'm always wearing it. It's always on my mind. The same thing with uh, with the network. We need to make the network and the members household names. We need to make sure mm-hmm. that people understand that you know when when the Jehovah's Witness like I, Jehovah's Witnesses are not coming to the door yet, as far as I know. But they are starting to show up in town squares. Um, mm-hmm. for, for me, and I was Fulton. up in Kansas City, oh, and yeah. uh, in the Riverfront Market there, um, they had a little uh, kiosk type thing set up, hanging out there on the corner. So that was the first time I'd seen anybody out wanting to talk. So, yep, they're they're out, and I think I've seen some other people posting. Sounds like you've uh, ran into it yourself as well. I have. Uh, so mm-hmm. we have um, here in Fulton, we have a little uh, brick district. Um, and every Saturday they have a farmer's market and I mean, just great food. Uh, and then every Thursday is it's court day here in town. So mm. everybody's at the courthouse mm. and you can always count on seeing the Jehovah's Witnesses out there at court day and at the farmer's market. And the first time I saw them, I was like, whoa, hey, let me go talk to them. Some very sweet ladies. Uh, we talked about everything from God to vacations to uh, their grandkids, my kids, stuff like that. Uh, I spent quite a bit of time uh, talking with them. Um, but we also have a lot of church members who who they see those people sitting there, and then as soon as they learn that they're Jehovah's Witnesses, they turn around and walk away because mm-hmm. they don't want to have that conversation. Uh, they see the Mormons walking down the street. They're thinking, ah, I got to run to the store real fast. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's get out of here. Um, we try to avoid those conversations and and as christians we're we're not supposed to we're supposed to engage in those conversations we mm-hmm. again we want to get to the evangelism we want to share the gospel share the truth what better way for evangelism than to have a guy come and say hey can i tell you about god if they're going to tell you about god they're going to listen to you about god we need mm-hmm. to make sure that our church members understand that they need to take those opportunities and not, you know, shut the door. Yeah. That's apologetics. You know, when they come to you, you talk to them instead of, instead of being scared about it, you know, what do I say? No, just ask questions, get to know them. If you get to know the, it's always a couple of ladies, the Jehovah's witness ladies and their husbands come out and do it too, but I've only seen uh, the ladies, the sweetest ladies in the world. Talk to them about their grandkids. They'll talk. They'll want to talk about that. 
-hmm. but they're also going to want to talk, bring up scripture because Mm -hmm. let's be honest, who's doing the better evangelism. It's the Mormons and the Jehovah's witnesses. Yeah. Now they're not doing right evangelism. And if we're not, yeah, if we're not out there in the conversation, then the truth is not going to be out in the public square. And then we're going to sit in our churches and complain how bad everything is around us. And it's going to be directly tied to us not going out and doing what the great commission is. So, you know, you know. And, and it's funny because, or maybe it's sad. Let's, I'll be honest. I could probably, I could probably reach out to probably five church members that I know and not just my church, but every church. Um, and I'm sure that this goes for you all too. And I can get a detailed report of what happened on the Chiefs game last night or yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I ask, hey, how? tell me how to become a Christian, mm-hmm. you may not get the same response. No, at least well not said. in detail. Well said. They'll, probably, they'll probably be like, hey, I'll send you uh, the contact to my pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, well, you know, pastors aren't always available. I had I had COVID uh, a couple weeks ago or about a week and a half ago, uh, there was an entire day where I just slept. You know, if anything happened at the church or a church member, I would not have known about it until I woke up. Well, I'm not always going to be available for people to say, Hey, I'm talking to a guy about God. Uh, how do I tell him how to be saved? And you're like, uh, how, what have I been preaching on Sundays? Yeah. <laughs> and this goes into yeah. Ephesians four. You're exactly. equipping, but are they taking it as equipping? Or are they just consuming and they're not sharing? So even we're supposed to teach people how to work so that they can share with the people around them. You're supposed to be teaching so that they can learn and then share with people around them. So it goes into our teaching too. And so, yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, we've left everything to the expert and now we got Fauci followers mm. and people following our pa- pastors like just Fauci and we just, okay, we'll just do what he says and we're not going to say anything until we get mad about somebody else not wearing a mask. But, you know. Yeah, we, we <laughs> live in a, a Twitter-based society where everybody needs to debate within 160 characters. Yeah. Um, they can sit there and argue about everything. Uh, and, and, and here's another example. I, I think that like when I see the, the, the Mormon missionaries, you know, the, the guys walking around in their, in their, uh, nice slacks and ties, I go a little bit harder on them. You know, let, let's really get into it. Um, when I see the little ladies, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to, I, I always warn them. If you want to open that door, it's game time. Um, let me bring out my my Greek New Testament and watch you fumble through the pages. Um, mm-hmm. But we, you know, when when we have those opportunities, when they're presented in front of us, and we don't take them, and we just squander that time, it. It sucks, man, and I hate seeing it. And I hate mm-hmm. seeing, you know, especially Missouri Baptist, because Missouri has got such a rich religious background of everything. And, you know, when people want to sit there and argue on Twitter about politics or whatever the the current social climate argument is, um, they can they can argue politics and i this is some pastors too they can argue politics more than they can argue scripture um now that that's harsh 
I'll be honest. I got blocked by a pretty pom- prominent Southern Baptist pastor hmm. um, after Roe v. Wade. Why? Because I asked him to uh, justify as a pastor him saying that abortion was okay hmm. in certain situations. Um, because, well, I, I know where you all stand with abortion. Uh, I've heard uh, what what's coming forth at the the NBC meeting. Um, I hope. I mean, still haven't gotten an email back from them, but yeah. Well, you know, th- things work. I'm not part of that committee. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a lot of them, just not that one. Um, well, and I am no longer a messenger for the Missouri Baptist Convention, but I am a member of the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network. <laughs> I mean, we we will take you to. Uh, I mean, you know, you know the way uh membership works at a church i mean you will be dead for 50 years and your name will still be on that roll oh boy <laughs> i guarantee you're somewhere on a missouri roll um, probably on two or three <laughs> probably. That's, that, that's the truth of it but after Roe v way happened as as pastors should have been celebrating as pastors should have been saying this is a great day for for the life of the unborn um you had prominent Southern Baptist pastors saying, well, what about and and the topics that always come out? Incest and rape. What about those? Again, we, we can get into the history of uh, Planned Parenthood. We can get into the racist background of it. Uh, we can get through all of that and even take you into inner cities and say, hey, where are the Planned Parenthoods at? Um, and realize that the the original founder of Planned Parenthood had a purpose. You mm-hmm. know, she that's why she had her meetings at KKK rallies. Let's just be honest. Um, so when you have prominent pastors in the SBC saying, but what about these two cases? First, as a pastor, I'm going to take my gloves off, just like the Mormon missionaries. Show it to me in scripture. Lay it out in scripture. Yeah. Pastor to pastor, if you want to make this a public statement, show me in scripture where the Bible says abortion is okay. Because this is all apologetic work, right? What yes. does God say about it? Yeah. Well, they throw out a scripture about, uh, you know, if two men are fighting and they hurt a woman. Uh, well, if the if the child is uh, dead, then the, the guy should... Uh, uh, pay with his life, but if it's just uh, not really harmed, just let the dad um, um, figure out a good amount. I, I I forget what the scripture was at the time. Again, the guy blocked me, yeah. so I can't pull it up. Um, and but if you look up, just like if you Google abortion Bible verses, it's usually the first one that comes up, and it sounds like it's somewhere in Exodus. Yeah. Um. So. They he uses that, and I said, well, that actually puts an actual like dollar amount. It seems like on the life of the child, not not a okay for you know the argument of, well, is is the mother's life more important than the baby's life? Well, that scripture actually tells you that there's worth to both of those lives, and there's yeah. actually a harsher oh, yeah. punishment. And both of them, yeah, job. both of them get stripe for stripe, wound for wound. So it says yeah. about both of them, you know, whatever whatever the yeah, harm is not. done. And so if there is no harm done, but you're still the the kid comes out prematurely, there is still a price 
because of exactly. what happened. The, the baby came out prematurely. That's not the way it's supposed to be, you know? So, but it's, it's really interesting how they utilize that, but you got to twist it somehow to where, you know, you get into see uh, Judaism didn't even believe that. So, and, yeah. And when you have like, again, when you have prominent Southern Baptist pastors using that Bible verse to justify abortion, um, first of all, I'm like, okay, um, just going to be honest, step down from your pulpit. Do not twist the scriptures in a way where you are making it say something that it's not saying, and you're trying to stick with your political party. Yeah. You know, let's understand what the scripture is. And for an apologist, if we are going to sit here and listen to people twist the scriptures from the pulpit, and people that are on national platforms saying this, my direct response was, you want to use that argument for incest and rape. Both of these things are a sin. Incest and rape are a sin. But here's the question you have to answer. The child that was produced because of incest and rape, who is it the image bearer of? Mm-hmm. And uh, doesn't Jesus say, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's? And if that's God's image. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There you and, go. So, you know, that's not, you know, that's New Testament priority. But <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. yeah and go this for is what me. unfortunately comes from our pulpits. Yep. And and as apologists, we are the ones that are are trying to stop this, trying to teach our pastors and, and especially those who are jumping on Twitter and saying, well, I don't, you know, I might not understand why, you know, a, a group of people think this is okay. Uh, when forever abortion was always wrong. Uh, so, but let me, let me look on Twitter because where are most of our pastors spending their days? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, pastors get off Twitter. If and I and I even said this on Saturday night, like I've I've started making like maybe like one tweet every two weeks or something like that. I I said if you have to put at least two or three of the trending uh, topics that are on Twitter into your sermon, rip up your sermon and find somebody to fill your pulpit tomorrow. <laughs> Stop it. Stop with this. I need to get more likes on my my post and i can't preach certain things because it might offend my followers your ministry Mm -hmm. your churches are not about what is happening in the world it should not be um one more thing and i'll jump off my soapbox here i'm sorry guys um (laughs) you're you you gave me a platform and I'm going. We haven't had you on in a while, Will. Yeah, so. no, yeah there's, no. there's a lot of ideas here. To hear from you. So uh, back in 2021, one of the biggest hashtags that was being said on the morning of the election for the Southern Baptist Convention was the world is watching. Yeah. The world is watching. Okay. The world is watching. They should not agree with what happens at the end of the Southern Baptist Convention. When that Mm. gavel is hammered and saying, okay, we are done, the world should go, how dare you? How dare you say those things? They should not look at us and say, well, we love you guys. No, because what does the Bible say? The world is going to hate us. 
the world is going to hate us because it first hated God. Mm-hmm. The the words that we say should be so against the world that CNN should not go, hey, well, we definitely need to talk to the new Southern Baptist president because, well, he is speaking our language. Yeah, yeah. Once, yeah, it says, uh, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as through something or as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest on you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. So that's that's the thing is, yeah, the world is watching, but they don't realize that, yeah, the world watches and they need to see us be Christians. Yeah, they need. And then we're going to suffer for us actually being consistent with Christianity. And that's why we need apologetics, especially if we're denominational, if we are. As something new, uh, part of the M band anyway, Rob Phillips, if we are confessional mm-hmm. or supposed to be confessional, thank you, Al Moeller and Anaheim for bringing up that confessionalism up. But if we're going to do that, if we, we're going to suffer for that confession, we're going to suffer for that name. Um, even a post mill guy can go, yes, we're going to suffer. So the suffering does not defeat optimism. Um, suffering produces optimism and hope. So we're going to suffer for that name. And, uh, so yeah, the world is watching, but we always go, their world's watching and we got to make them happy. Yeah. That's wrong. That's suffering as an evildoer, a meddler, mm-hmm. uh, a murderer. Cause like, you know, what do we say on abortion? Hey, well, was, Hey, they, they gave us an arbitrary line. You know, we, we can, we can murder the, uh, incest babies and the rape babies, you know? So at least the Southern Baptists are lightening up a little bit. You know, do we want the world to say that about us or do they want us, you know, shouldn't we be like, we don't care what you think. We want to we want to see justice against murder and even of babies in the womb. And uh, we don't care what you think, but at least you're seeing us be consistent with our confession because you're not consistent with your worldview, and we can show you. And then apologetics comes back in to then bring the gospel to bear. There was a there was a politician who, um, and I don't think she was in Missouri, uh, but she was very very pro life. Um, you know, completely get rid of abortion. We don't need it. And the argument from the world was, well, hey, you know her views on abortion. She wants it completely illegal. And I went, well, if I was in that state, that that's the one thing I would go, well, I'm voting for her. <laughs> Why? Because apparently the world doesn't want it. Yeah. Uh, and And here's something I was telling my church the other night. Was that because we've been studying uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, *The Great Divorce*? Mm. Um, you know that a great book that talks. You know, a lot of people get confused by it because I think they have a misunderstanding of who C.S. Lewis actually was. Um, as in, uh, he was not a big theologian and not a pastor. He was just a layman in the church, just writing on subjects as he was learning about them. Um, but you know, one of my members asked me about. You know, this whole idea about because C.S. Lewis talks a lot about in that book, people, if you love the world, then you're going to want nothing to do with heaven because heaven has nothing about the world. But you know what does? Hell. Hell really likes the world. They love the world. 
and everything. If you desire the world, well, then you will desire the things of hell. That that mm. whole concept was completely in there. And I, I told my member because she was like, man, that was kind of like harsh, you know, don't you think? And I said, no. I said, because the world is so corrupt. Everything in the world is so corrupt that when God returns, he's got to make a new heaven and a new earth because this one will not be sufficient for his glory. So it will mm -hmm. fade away. The world and all of its lust and all of that will fade away and God will make a new. So the world is not a place where we we as pastors and we as as theologians and apologetic uh, apologists, excuse me, and evangelists, we should go, hey, I really got to make sure that I don't get canceled on Twitter. Yeah, dude, I don't care. Yeah, holiness of God still a uh, very number one seller from R.C. Sproul, so that's good. I guess you, if you're passed away, I guess if you passed away before cancel culture, cancel culture, uh, maybe they'll leave you alone. And that book still <laughs> remains a good seller, where it says that oh, you know other other's hands were dirtier than the uh, dirt that the Ark of the Covenant uh, fell in. So the Ark of the Covenant would have fell on better grounds than been stabilized by a dirty man's hand. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty darn harsh. Um, so, <laughs> you know, there's, yeah, we, we gotta be that way, but yeah, Dave, it looks like you've been yeah. chomping at the bit here. Well, I wanted, Will, before I know we're kind of coming up on our time here, uh, as you think a little bit about the network and the long-term goals for the network, I know that we have pastors that are Missouri Baptist who listen to the podcast. We even have network mm -hmm. members that listen to the podcast what are things that we can do objectively to make sure that missouri baptists have a good understanding of the network and what can we do to further promote that and what can be done in churches to, to further advance the network in the weeks ahead and the days ahead well i think the the greatest thing that you can do is you can find one of our members wherever they're at in your area we as, as we continue to grow our network uh, in members, we're hitting all the areas of Missouri. You can have mm -hmm. a, a apologist come into your church and they can share with, with your church whatever struggle you might be going through. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you have a member whose kid, you know, decided to become a, you know, whatever, uh, you know, jump into Islam or something like that. We, we have, members that can do that and and they're right around the corner um you know we have this stuff for for the network members i first of all i i do need to apologize because i felt like i have been kind of like like not very active this past year just because i've had so much you know in my life going on and in my my church going on stuff like that um, and I, I'm sitting here saying I'm, I'm still here. I'm still working. I'm just not as vocal as I was. Well, you produced <laughs> oh, no, a book no. and yeah. you planted the seeds for, a, for a, a journal. I think that's quite a bit of work. We are all members of the same body, dude. And, you know, God's given us different uh, giftings and he's putting us in uh, different situations. And we might be in a situation for a season that we're not in other seasons. But, dude, mm -hmm. don't ever um, the, 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 your, the fruit will show. And the fruit is here that, uh, you know, you have been working. And so, yeah, there is no no way to, like, and I, I get the same way. You know, like, I'm reeling after yesterday's kind of like, 
you know, I, I, I went and had a talk, you know, finally had a church uh, contact me saying, hey, come up and talk about uh, presuppositional apologetics. And, and you know, I, I still feel insufficient um, teaching the thing, you know, but there were good questions asked. And I hope that maybe that by that process, they took in a lot of information and want to have me up again to maybe uh, clarify some things or, you know, but, you know, we're all we're always going to feel that we're insufficient and we are. We're, we're, we are creatures, you know, yeah. we're always going to feel that we're not doing enough because the flesh in us wants to work and wants to work out for, you know, we want to work and then be like, see God, look what I did. And we know that's like, no, but our flesh is still fighting going like, so yeah, don't, don't be ashamed of that. Um, but you know, you know, he, Will's been doing a lot this past year and you know, the, the Missouri Baptist apologetics network is still fledgling. Um, we've had booths, but still people don't know we have one. I, I, I'll be at the booth every year. And most of the people I'm like, did you know we have a, you have a, an apologetics network that you can uh, call and find an apologist to come talk about a, you know, just uh, there, we got a bunch of them and different specializations that they like to talk about. And they're like, no. And then so we're still a pretty young fledgling industry, uh, you know, entity uh, uh, among our own that don't. I mean, we're in the pathway with Rob Phillips. He, he promotes the, the network and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's still people aren't taking in the information. And we just still got to go work out there. It's OK. You know, yeah, we got and, time. Yeah. And we, you know, as we continue to. um make those steps to be more of that entity that I would love us for us to be the thing that uh, here's the report, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I get the pleasure of doing is presenting at the executive board um, about ministry support, about MMO, about the CP uh, and also apologetics. And I get to, to give these reports and I get to, you know, read, Read, read the books that Rob Phillips are, is putting out and knowing that we also have a a printing press in the Missouri Baptist that we can actually produce books and we can get this stuff done. We have we have great technicians there at the NBC uh, doing videos and, uh, you know, we had an apologetics video made for us um, and it was beautifully done. And, you know, when when I sit there and I watch it and I like watch the things that we can produce in house, I'm saying, look at this. This is this is actual Hollywood quality stuff that is coming out of the NBC. And we have full advantage of that, you know, having our articles put up, making sure that they are uh, looking nice and looking professional. Uh, making sure that the podcast, you know, if you're on a podcast about whatever topic, you know, you can have that link put up and be showcased onto your page. You can have those resources. And then also saying to pastors and to other people, hey, we need to talk about these subjects. We need mm -hmm. to talk about these cults that are coming in to our areas or, hey, what about this group? Do we know anything about them? Well, who can talk to somebody about a group who uses the the original names of Jesus and uh, but they don't believe in the Trinity? But aren't they just like us? Those are questions that need to be mm -hmm. asked of the members to their pastors. Sometimes the pastors just need to stop by and say, "Hey, I noticed that you're like a house of worship. What do you teach? 
so that you can better equip your community where your church is at. Again, your audience is not online. It is in the community of your church. Yeah. And there is a lot of falsehood going around. I got a, I got a cult not too far from my church, and I'm in a rural area. Mm. So think about St. Louis. Think about Kansas City. Think about Springfield, Branson, all these other places that are bigger than my area. And think about how much falsehood is going on around there. So, mm-hmm. so as pastors, if you're listening to this, ask those questions. Who are around? We do those demographic surveys all the time. What false religions are around my church and what do my people need to know? You know, Jeff City has a, a big population. Me and uh, the other president of the NBC, uh, John Nelson, talked about the, the Hebrew uh, Israelite movement that goes goes on there Hmm. um why because he his church is at lincoln university he deals a lot with them Hmm. that that come on the campus or that come literally they are teaching on the street corner right down the road from the nbc building well you know i'm not big on that subject but i know john has dealt with them a lot so i'm gonna talk to john now Maybe when he gets done being NBC president, he can jump into the network and uh, and work with us. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, pastors, ask those questions. Who's around us? Members say, pastor, I heard about this group. What do you know about them? And then say, well, hey, I heard about this apologetics network group. They got a bunch of people that are really smart, that know what to do. We have members that used to be parts of these cults. Uh, that can actually give you a better understanding than just what you can read in in uh, uh, in a book. So the word is out, and it's going to continue to get out. When we when we present this uh, journal, uh, people are going to be carrying it around, and it's a good mm-hmm. size. It's it's a nice big size, so people are going to have show us it. the uh, show us the other side of it. Yeah, so give us give us so, a look at that little snake. Sneak peek, because yeah, because that, that that reminds me of what I see, what I've seen the past couple of years. You know, the few pages with just our pictures or whatever. Now turn it to its side. Let's look at those. Let's look at those pages. Let's see yeah. how thick that is. That's much better. That has got a lot more substance, probably right. to it materially and immaterially, as far as uh, words and what it what words mean. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know we we have, you know this was. This was edited professionally. I mean, we got nice family photos. And when you get this in your hand, when you when you're walking around, when you're talking about things, if we're doing it right, the world is going to be upset. Mm, that's right. And you can say, well, hey, there's a bunch of guys in here that can actually tell you about, about God. Um, you know, St. Charles is a, I, I used to live in St. Charles. It was the, the first place I lived on my own, uh, turned 18 years old and moved to St. Charles, uh, actually not too far from where the annual meeting is going to be at. And it is a very different area than when I was living there. A uh, lot, a lot more built up and there's a lot of things that happen around there. Uh, and, there's a lot of churches that just are not equipped to 
you know, we, we always like to talk about doing missions and doing evangelism and we'll have the evangelism courses. But then when it comes down to you know, breaking down those barriers and, and saying, well, I don't think what you're saying is right about the scriptures. Um, but I know a guy or I know a group of guys and gals that can come and that can talk about this. And yeah, we, we need to get in those churches. Or how about this one? You want to talk about the, uh, the, the nature of the flood, mm-hmm. right? Oh, there we and go. You say, and then and what do you say? I know a guy. I know a guy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I had to that, get the dad that joke in there. <laughs> excellent work there, Adam. <laughs> well, well I just want to thank you so much for being on the program with us. I am grateful. We didn't just get in the journal. We got really broad spectrum, Missouri Baptist Convention, apologetics in general. This was a great show, a great way to catch up with you. You need to come on sooner again. Don't don't spend a year and a half away from us next time. <laughs> and yes. anytime you want me on, I will come on. I will I will take some time and and hopefully I'll put the soapbox away for a while. Um, no, no, everything is good. <laughs> it's man. all it's right. Great. We don't get to have the president of the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network on very often. So, no, so we're happy to see it. And since uh, we have both you guys on the screen with me and we just talked about St. Charles, Missouri, I want to throw this up here because we didn't hit it at the very beginning of the program. But again, guys, you can come and hang out with the with El Presidente. Will Hoffman here of the Apologetics Network, him and Dave moderating um, a, a debate that includes me, uh, Gabriel Zelaya, Colton Wright, and Dennis Jackson, all MBAN apologists. What does the Bible say about end times is the resolve, and it's an evening of debate between four eschatological Oh, that's a good big word. Eschatological positions, and it'll be October twenty third, twenty twenty two, or yeah, twenty twenty two at seven on at seven p.m. at the St. Charles Convention Center in the Junior Ballroom on the lower level uh, in St. Charles, Missouri. So, and you know, basically, it's the Missouri Baptist uh, annual meeting or bust. <laughs> coming up so yeah thank you guys uh, for getting this together thanks for moderating it and just making it happen um, and i will get that off the screen and let uh, you guys have any sort of other um, comments before we close out the show now thank you will so much brother for the work that you do do don't undersell it at all it's an incredibly important thing i appreciate the way you not only serve your church but the way you serve missouri baptist and i'm grateful for your leadership on the network and uh look forward to seeing you in october it'll be a blessing it'll be a year since i've seen you face to face so it's yeah. it's been some time yeah you've had a lot of a lot of changes in your life and uh uh you know don't want to don't want to say traitor but you know <laughs> he's a traitor doing, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i i'm gonna be glad to see you guys i always have a fun time doing the show and getting together to to wherever we're at you know usually uh branson st charles um but to hang out to talk shop to just make sure that not only do we do we get to talk about apologetics, but we have just what we're supposed to do and have fellowship. And that is the most important thing about even the whole of the NBC annual meeting is it is a big time for us to worship together 
and praise God for creating us and giving us salvation through Jesus. Amen. Well, with that said, we've uh, had a lot of time. Thank you guys uh, for uh, getting on here, downloading the episode, or watching the episode on YouTube. If you could, please just uh, give us a subscribe on YouTube if this is your first time listening. Um, And if you haven't yet, subscribe. And then also, if you're listening to it on the podcast, whatever platform it is, if you have not rated us and write a little something nice or hey if if this if this is annoying let us know like we we want to hear from you we don't care what you have to say we want to hear it and uh we'll take it in stride and interpret it with a scripture on how we are supposed to respond to it and uh but then again you know if you definitely like it help us get those uh bumps up and get uh you know let it let us be related um, when it comes to other podcasts. You know, you know, if you like this podcast, you might like this podcast, and it helps us get our our message and our work out uh, to more people. And so that's just something simple that you can do. So if you can do that, um, other than that, all, you know, all I have to say is this is, has been the Tag You It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm David Van Bever. And we had Will Hoffman and Sully Gayo Gloria. 